coming up on today's show. I think that the, the main consideration for all students, and this is law and non-law students, when they're making their choice, will be whether they expect to be able to obtain a training contract or complete qualifying work experience. Hello everyone and welcome to the Student Lawyer podcast series. Whether you're at school, sixth form, university, thinking about a career in law or exploring law careers, you're in the right place. We are the one-stop shop for student lawyers. If you'd like to join The Student Lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com. This episode is sponsored by the University of Law. What really sets the University of Law apart from other universities is its belief that its students should learn in a realistic, professional and contemporary context. They focus exclusively on practice-based training and give students access to their extensive career service and jobs vacancy database as soon as they accept a place with them. Through the University of Law's pro bono program, law students can hone their skills by working on real cases before they graduate. The University of Law offers a range of postgraduate legal training and master's degrees designed by qualified experts to help students advance at any stage of their career. Their courses are employment focused, honing key skills in a teaching environment based on real legal practice. Part-time and online study options are also available on many of their courses to help students work and study at the same time. To find out more about the courses on offer, click the link in the description box of the podcast. Welcome to the Student Lawyer podcast series. My name's Camilla and I'm a future trainee solicitor and current LPC student at the University of Law and I will be your host for today. In today's episode, we're joined by Jill Howell-Williams. Jill is a qualified barrister and solicitor who specialises in private equity and mergers and acquisitions. Jill is also the National Programme Director for the SQE at the University of Law. Jill has agreed to join us on the show today to discuss the key differences between the LPC and the SQE. Many aspiring lawyers that I've spoken to in the past have been a little bit confused about the two courses, which course is right for them now, now that they are both available. So I'm going to be taking full advantage of having Jill on the podcast today so we can answer all of those burning questions about the SQE. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi, Jill. Welcome to the Student Lawyer podcast. Hi, Camilla. It's a real pleasure to be here this afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Um, Please, could you just kick off the episode really by explaining what the SQE is and why it was introduced? Okay, so the SQE, which is um, the Solicitor's Qualifying Examination in full, is a new independent centralised assessment for all would-be solicitors who wish to qualify in England and Wales. And to summarise, the three main reasons cited by the Solicitors Regulation Authority, the SRA, for introducing the Solicitors Qualifying Examination um, were as follows. So first of all, the SRA wanted to create a centralised assessment in essence, to establish a level playing field for those wishing to enter the profession. Because under the current regime, the assessments that students need to pass to qualify as a solicitor are set by the individual accredited law schools. So there was a real drive to centralise that and put all future solicitors through one set of assessments. Secondly, 
I think one of the main drivers behind the SRA's um, introduction of the SQE was also to make the process of qualifying as a solicitor in England and Wales more diverse and inclusive by creating what they consider to be a much more flexible entry route. And I think the kind of the key reason why it's considered to be so flexible is that you can take different elements of the SQE at different points in your career and it opens up the profession to students who, for example, may want to um, work and study alongside each other. And then finally, I think the third main driver behind the introduction of the SQE, which is a centralised assessment, um, was to allow new entrants into the provision of uh, vocational legal education by effectively deregulating it. Um, So now to be able to offer preparation courses for the SQE, you don't have to be an accredited provider. And I think in turn, as we all know, when you have deregulation, that tends to encourage competition and therefore potentially drive down the costs of costs of qualifying as a solicitor. Now, of course, all of these are, are untested at the moment, but I think it, it, those would be the three uh, main reasons that the SRA um, would say that they had introduced the SQE. So to answer the other bit of your question, which is what actually is the SQE, um, now um, I've explained um, why it was introduced. Um, just to kind of add a little bit of gloss on what I was saying earlier, the SQE um, will consist of two new assessments and they're called SQE1 and SQE2. And put very simply, the SQE1 assessment is going to test candidates' functioning legal knowledge and the SQE2 assessment will test legal skills. And this uh, new regime has already been introduced. It came into force on the 1st of September of this year and the first SQE1 assessments are taking place in November 2021, so just around the corner, and the first set of SQE2 assessments are taking place in April 2022. Fantastic. Thank you so much for that um, really thorough explanation of the SQE. So I wondered if you could go into a bit of detail about what the key differences between the LPC and the SQE are. Okay, so, so the key differences between the LPC and the SQE are... Uh, as, I, as I said a moment ago, the, the solicitor's qualifying examination is a new independent centralised assessment for all would be solicitors. Um, and there is no prescribed training course for the new SQE assessments. Although obviously law schools like University of Law and other training providers will offer students SQE uh, preparation courses to get them ready for these assessments, because clearly there's going to be a demand for that. The SQE is going to replace, ultimately, the legal practice course. And and where that differs from the SQE is that the legal practice course is a prescribed and regulated programme of training rather than a set of centralised assessments. And the training in the LPC covers things like the core practice areas, legal skills and also elective subjects, which students have to take and pass at the moment in order to qualify as a solicitor. So what's happening is that the LPC is going to be phased out over the next 10 years and the SQE is going to become the sole route to qualification. I think you can see from that that it's a pretty lengthy transitional period and that means that the students have the option of taking either the LPC or the SQE at the moment Uh, and this means 
that many students are quite rightly asking the question, what's the right pathway for me? Yeah, definitely. I've definitely heard some people questioning that. Um, what I wondered, I mean, you said that the LBC is still going to be running for the next 10 years. Um, are there two courses available to everybody at the moment? Is there anyone who wouldn't be able to take either the LBC or the SQE route now? That's a really pertinent question because um, at the moment, both courses are available to everyone, but there are going to be some significant changes um, to non-law graduates um, in the short term. So basically up to August, 31st of August 2021 of this year, both options were available to all graduates embarking on their uh, legal vocational training journey. So if you if you qualified or graduated this summer um, from university as either a law student or a non-law student, you could go down either pathway, LPC, or um, take the SQE. Now, certainly for law graduates, both options remain open for a considerable period of time as the LPC is phased out. Although actually in reality, um, we expect at the University of Law that most law students will have migrated to the SQE um, pathway by around 2023-2024. However, and this is really important um, for your um, students, non-law graduates uh, are in a much more fixed position in that um, to qualify using the LPC um, as a non-law graduate, you actually have, had to have started the GDL this autumn in order to be eligible to move on to the LPC next year. So to start your LPC in 2022. And we know from the numbers of students doing the GDL um, this autumn at the University of Law that a lot of non-law graduates have opted to, to take this course so that it keeps their options open and they can do next year either the LPC or the SQE. However, for non-law graduates uh, who are currently completing their degrees and graduating next year in 2022, there won't be any GDL programmes starting in 2022. And the reason for that is because the SRA um, has approved the last GDLs that start in 2021 and there won't be any GDLs for those non-law graduates to join in 2022. And that's a really important point to make. So if you're a non-law graduate, now and you qualify um or sorry you graduate next year um you will go down the sqe uh, route and i think that's something that's really important to, to bear in mind at the moment because it has suddenly come upon us that both options aren't available to non-law graduates at the moment thank you for clarifying the position for um yeah law students and non-law students i'm sure that that will be really helpful and that yeah i mean going forward if the non-law students haven't started the GDL, then at least the path is simplified for them and they don't have to make that decision about which route to take. But for those who can still take both routes, what do you think the main benefits of each course are? And, and if they are conflicted about which route to take, what advice would you give them about how to decide? Yeah, that, again, it's a really good question and one that we are frequently asked at the University of Law. And um, I think there are a number of factors to, to bear in mind here. I, I think for me, the most important one, um, because let's say these are students who are embarking on vocational training with a view to becoming solicitors and therefore 
employment is going to be really important in their decision-making process. So I, I think that the, the main consideration for all students, and this is law and non-law students, when they're making their choice, will be whether they expect to be able to obtain a training contract or complete qualifying work experience. And just to kind of explain that, a training contract is the last stage in the vocational training journey if you were going down the traditional LPC route, where with the solicitor's qualifying examination, what um, future lawyers will be expected to do is complete two years qualifying work experience or QWE as it's um, frequently referred to. So obviously for students who have already obtained a training contract starting in 2022 or 2023, the LPC is going to be the appropriate choice of course and, and often their employers, their firms will direct them and tell them that they will be expected to complete the LPC. Um, but there are um, other uh, con con considerations if you haven't got a training contract and really you need to think about whether you're going to be able to get one or um, whether qualifying work experience is going to be a better option for you. And I think um, with qualifying work experience, one of the advantages that it has over a training contract is, again, it has a lot of inbuilt flexibility and students are able to complete qualifying work experience before they've even started preparing for and sitting the SQE assessments. And so what that means is that students who are in the middle of their graduate journey, they may be able to clock up some qualifying work experience that contributes towards that two years um, in their um, summer vacations um, or after leaving uh, university. So there's a kind of real inbuilt flexibility. And with qualifying work experience, unlike a training contract, you can have up to four um, placements with different uh, legal employers. So it really does sort of build in a, a lot of uh, flexibility. And therefore, that's, I think, one of the most important considerations. I think the other uh, considerations that I would certainly be looking at if I were a student um, making that decision at the moment would also be thinking about which assessment regime is going to be best for me. Um, the SQE, as I said a moment ago, consists of two assessments, one in knowledge and one in skills. Just to give you a little bit more detail about that, um, the SQE1 consists of a huge multiple choice um, assessment with 360 multiple choice questions covering this huge syllabus of functioning legal knowledge, which is both academic law and vocational law, and also SQE2, which consists of 16 assessments in a number of legal skills, which are advocacy, interviewing, case and matter analysis, legal writing, legal drafting and legal research. The LPC is different. It also um, assesses those vocational subjects, but not academic law. It also assesses the skills, but to a much lesser degree than SQE2. Um, and the LPC is still assessed in perhaps a more traditional way with students completing problem solving questions rather than doing these massive multiple choice quizzes. So again, it's really thinking about what assessment regime is going to work best for you um, as a student. I think the, um, the third consideration that I would probably apply um, in my decision-making process would be costs. Um, and, and it's really going to be a very important one for many, many students. So first of all, you might want to look at the difference um, in the course fees between studying um, on the LPC or preparing uh, for the SQE. 
Um, and also with the SQE, you also need to bear in mind that there are additional assessment fees payable to the Solicitors Regulation Authority in order to sit these centralised assessments. And they're not cheap. The SRA fees are um, in total £3,980, which is split between SQE 1 and 2 um, as follows. So SQE 1 costs £1,588 and SQE 2 costs £2,422. And that's on top of any um, law school fees that those students um, uh, will or might um, want to um, or may have to pay if they choose uh, to take a preparation uh, course. And then finally, I think the last, um, the last factor that I would look at is um, how long it takes to study um, for the LPC and the SQE. Now, the LPC typically lasts for one academic year when it's studied full time. It is possible to study for the SQE in a much shorter period of time. And we have an SQE one preparation course, a full time course that's um, just over 12 weeks long. Um, and therefore you can um, to get through SQE one and two more quickly um, on the face of it than you can through the LPC. So again, if you want to get through the uh, assessments more quickly, I think that might be a really important factor for you if, um, if you're choosing between the two regimes. Thank you so much for explaining all of that. You've covered so many of the typical questions that I hear from, from my peers when, when talking about the SQE. So I'm sure that our student listeners will find that information very helpful when making the decision about which course to do. And I really like the sound of that 12 week prep course. That sounds really, really good. For, from what you know and from what you've heard, do law firms seem to have a preference about which qualifications their future trainees have? Okay, so over the last couple of years, I've spent a huge amount of time talking to law firms about their uh, intentions around the SQE. And what's clear to me is that they take their future talent extremely seriously and have um, been considering um, their future trainees um, training pathways for some considerable period of time. And from the vast majority of these conversations I've had with, um, with the law firms, it looks as if they will uh, transition to the SQE regime in September 2023. Uh, and, the, and the main reason for that being the tipping point um, is due to the, um, to the non-law graduates that they are still are very keen to continue recruiting um, as trainees for their firms. And that's because of course, as we spoke about a moment ago, if you're a non-law graduate, um, graduating next year there's no GDL for you to go on to and therefore there would be no LPC for you to start in September 2023 so in order to bring their non-law graduates and law graduates together and put them through the same training route um, 2023 is the kind of point where uh, it'd be very difficult um, for law firms who recruit both non-law and law graduates to do anything other than SQE if they want them all to be together. And in the, in the main, most law firms want their trainees uh, to try and study uh, together and have some sort of consistency. What's also really clear about the future qualifications that they want their trainees to have is that SQE 1 and 2 alone are not considered to be sufficient. And, and that's been confirmed by a very interesting uh, poll that was undertaken by Legal Cheek, 
where 70% of law firms said that SQE 1 and 2 um, were not sufficient in terms of the training needs for their future uh, talent. And that's because a lot of the content that students would have typically studied on the LPC, and, and in particular, uh, those are the elective subjects, those um, practice areas that are really important for legal employers, have been dropped completely from the SQE. So the SQE is very focused on um, the knowledge and skills, um, but they don't go beyond that. Um, so um, what law firms are saying to me is that they will expect their students to do more than just pure preparation for SQE 1 and 2. They'll be expecting them to do additional content, which we, we like to call SQE Plus, which will replicate the elective content in the LPC, but actually go a lot further because we're free of the constraints of the LPC and the prescribed content, and we can introduce relevant content that really gets students ready uh, for practice. And so that's one of the really exciting um, benefits that has come out of um, the SQE. Well, that's really interesting. And, and from what you know, how will law firms actually be managing that crossover period with the S LPC route and the SQE route? I suppose, especially if they have people with the LPC and um, getting training contracts or joining them um, after 2023. Yes, I think um, the law firms have been really focused on this for some time. Um, and as I said, part, uh, and that's, this is partly why um, many law firms are, are moving in 2023 so that all of their students will have the same consistent training. Either they'll have done the LPC, whether they're law or non-law graduates, or they'll all do the SQE. Now, having said that, there will, uh, of course, uh, be, um, I'm sure, um, outliers and students who've come from different backgrounds, who've got an LPC um, and law firms will always recruit the, the, the best people that will fit their, their um, profiles. So um, there will still be opportunities for students who've qualified in the, in the old regime, even when law firms have moved to the, to the SQE. And so I think there will be a sort of a crossover period for, for a few years, even after 2023, where you know, if you are a good candidate and you have an LPC, it's not going to be a barrier to you being successfully employed by um, a, a law firm. And the law firms will, will manage that um, process. And as I said, they have been looking at this in some detail for a long time and you know, have um, been factoring that in already to their kind of re recruitment um, and, uh, and uh, what courses they're planning to put their students on in 2021, 2022, 2023. So I think most law firms are really organised around this. Um, and to the extent that they may not be, um, the University of Law has a fantastic employability service, which again, will be there reaching out to support students to kind of guide them through this transitional phase. That's great because, I mean, I've had a couple of conversations with, with just a few people um, who've been maybe a little bit anxious about which route to do because they, they're not sure whether law firms will actually be running the, um, the, the LPC route still so that's that will um, undoubtedly reassure them. So um, what makes the University of Law different in relation to the way it runs its uh, LPC and SQE courses? I think what I would say about the University of Law um, and our, our and in particular our new SQE uh, courses is that we've we've been 
thinking about what we want to achieve for some considerable time. The SRA, um, you know, has uh, spent a lot of time preparing the world for SQE. And as a law school, we have, have reacted to that. And um, we have put a huge amount of thought behind our, our new suite of SQE programmes. And as a result of that, we've recognised that um, one size won't fit all. And um, therefore, we have uh, developed a wide range of courses from courses who simply want to study for those assessments, you know, like that 12-week SQE1 preparation course I was talking about a moment ago, or for students that want to study on a programme that includes that additional legal training um, that is so highly prized by law firms and also may want to acquire a master's degree award, uh, which in turn uh, will also potentially allow those students to be able to obtain um, the master's funding towards uh, the costs of, of those fees. So there's real flexibility in there. Um, we've also got um, courses um, which are full-time or part-time, different durations, so they fit in with students who want to work while they study. And in addition, we've thought very carefully about um, online courses and our blended courses where you still will uh, attend one of our campuses and have that kind of tutor interaction. So we have both uh, styles of um, or delivery modes. Um, and I think COVID's also given us a massive opportunity to think about what we need to achieve as educators. And I think two of the things that it's um, taught us is that students are social learners and they still wish to study with their peers. And also um, through having to adapt so quickly, um, we need to harness the best of technology, both in and out of the classroom to create an adaptive and personalized learning journey for all of our students, whether they are students who study online or um, in, the, in the classroom. So in terms of our, our kind of, what I would call our unique selling points um, of our ULAW courses, I think uh, for SQE, one of um, the real innovations that has, has come out of uh, our um, preparation for SQE1 is um, the development of an amazing revision app for students. It basically houses our practice assessment bank, which is thousands and thousands of practice questions for SQE1. And it allows students to tap into those, um, those practice multiple choice questions in a very uh, smart way. Um, it's an intelligent revision app in that it understands and uh, follows and tracks the student's progress. It can, it can, through its algorithm, it can see where students are performing well and where they're not doing so well, and it can feed them additional questions in areas where they need to improve their performance um, through kind of predictive analytics and learning analytics. And we've been um, delivering SQE1 training now since May of this year. So we've got two cohorts um, that are going through to the SQE1 in November. And um, through our um, interactions with uh, students and student feedback, it's, it, it's um, really well thought of by students. Made, we've received a massive amount of positive feedback and we're really excited about that. And we think that's going to be a massive support for students being successful in these, what we think of quite high stakes, huge multiple choice questions, um, sorry, question-based assessments. The, um, the other thing that we have done in our courses is that we have set them in a simulated law firm. 
So we think that our SQE1 and 2 prep courses are more than just getting students ready for the exams. We're also very mindful that we're getting students ready for, for practice. And, and, and so everything they learn is set in the context of preparing for practice. With our additional content, so the SQE Plus content that I was talking about a moment ago, um, which is something that we um, have introduced into our master's programmes and is very much driven by um, law firms. Um, we've got the typical sort of technical black letter law content that you'd expect to see there for all the for all the practice areas, whether it's anything from mergers and acquisitions through to family, private client, advanced dispute resolution. But we've also integrated into that technical content two um, additional strands. So first of all, we have integrated commercial awareness so that our students really understand um, what it's like to be a lawyer in practice and also the needs of their clients. And then the third strand is that we have interwoven what we like to think of as the well-rounded lawyer skills. So those future skills of lawyers that we think will set our students apart when they uh, join their firms. So developing um, you know, adaptability, responsibility, emotional intelligence, resilience, and all of those sort of skills, behaviors, and aptitudes that you know uh, are going to shape the future of our, our profession. And then just come back to the sort of um, the, the kind of delivery of our course. We're really proud of, um, of of our sort of pastoral care and tutor support, and that will be provided to our students, whatever the mode of delivery, whether you're an online student or whether you're a student studying in one of our campuses. So I'd say those are the sort of special features of. Uh, studying at University of Law. That all sounds amazing and I really like the fact that you're putting that emphasis on commercial awareness which is obviously very important for students to develop um, but also I don't know if that tool that you're referring to, the multiple choice one, is called SignUp because I know that I've definitely used SignUp when revising for my wills exam last um, term and I found it so helpful in helping me to learn how to answer multiple choice questions and actually just learning the content of the course it was really really helpful oh well that's good to hear it, it is development from sign up and we have yeah. been we piloted it with the um with the lpc multiple choice uh assessments which of course is, is wills and professional conduct and yeah. you will have had you know access to a small bank of questions but you know with the with the SQE courses, because it is purely MC, SQE one is purely MCQ based. We've really um, kind of ratcheted up the, what SINAP does. So instead of a you know a few hundred questions, which is what you would have had on the LPC, you now have access to thousands of questions which cover that huge syllabus of SQE one. So remember, it's got all of the academic law that you'd have covered on your law degree, and all of the professional practice areas that you'd cover in stage one of your LPC, so property, wills, criminal, dispute resolution, business, so on and so forth. And so you've got access to questions that cover all of those subjects and um, it sort of tracks your progress when you use it. And um, through kind of something called space learning, it will kind of continue to um, feed you questions and subjects and topics um, where you're not performing as well as you'd like to um, so that you can um, you know, get better in areas where you need to improve your performance in order to successfully pass SQE1. So we're really, we're really excited about that. That's, that's brilliant. And now, are there any other benefits of studying 
at the University of Law, such as maybe services available to students, extracurricular activities, and those sort of things that, that, can, that can boost employability? Well, I think first I would say that actually our, um, our uh, employability service, um, you know, is one of the key reasons why you might choose to study at the University of Law, because, you know, it is um, absolutely outstanding um, and uh, supports students to be successful in their careers. And it provides a huge range of, of services from sort of talks, presentations, um, sort of one-to-one -one sessions um, and mentoring and students' um, feedback is is really positive about what it um, can achieve for them. And I think that's borne out in the, the stats in, in terms of, you know, how many of our students go on uh, to progress their careers through uh, studying at the University of, of Law. And I think it's something that we can quite rightly be very, be very proud of and is a very important part of our offering and something that I think do, does and will continue to set us apart from some of the smaller providers who are offering students SQE one and two prep courses, but really haven't got um, a kind of a, a proper career service or employability service to kind of help support students to the next uh, stage. And kind of coupled with that, one of the um, features of our future SQE master's programs will be that we will be offering students a period of qualifying work experience as part of that master's course um, through our law clinic. So again, that's something that we're really excited about, that we will be able to help our students to start to build up that portfolio of qualifying work experience when they're actually studying as a student with us. And we think that is a kind of a really compelling offer for future uh, students. And I, I guess the other things that would make us um, attractive to students uh, is of the way we've structured our programs, that they're flexible, there's innovative content, and we've really talked uh, to um, the law firms and future legal employers about what they expect on day one from their trainees. So, you know, things like legal tech are taught pervasively in our programs, as well as that kind of commercial awareness that we were talking about a moment ago, and all of those um, additional kind of skills and behaviours that are very important um, for the world of work. Um, in terms of extracurricular activities, we have a huge number of students across our campuses and a very active and vibrant students' union, which provides a huge range of, of student activities focusing on, on well-being. I, I know this year there's going to be a real focus on uh, the benefits of sport and, and how that can improve well-being through to kind of more traditional activities um, that law students tend to like, such as debating and negotiating or simply having a good night out with, with, with friends. Those are all on offer to, um, to, to our, our students. That all sounds fantastic. Um, I really like the qualifying work experience through, um, through you law as well. I think that's brilliant. So if, if listeners have any follow-up questions, I mean, we've covered a lot today, but if anyone does have any further questions, is there anyone at the University of Law they can contact to ask? So Camilla, I, I would recommend that if any um, of your listeners would like some more information, I'd be more than happy for them to uh, contact me. So I'm Jill Howe Williams or my colleague Tracy Gray. So I'll give you our email addresses, which you can post um, in the in the podcast and um, 
and then students can can contact us directly if they want any further information about the SQE or um, what the University of Law is offering. That's brilliant. So I will put the contact details for Jill and Tracy in the description box of the podcast. So if you've got any questions, then you can contact them. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for joining us, Jill. You've been such a wonderful guest and you've just answered all of my questions with so much detail. So I'm sure that the listeners will find this really, really helpful. Um, So thank you again. Well, thank you very much for having me here today. Um, And as we just discussed, if anybody's got any queries, I'd be more than happy to help. Wonderful. And thank you to the listeners for tuning in to this episode. Um, So until next time, goodbye. This episode is sponsored by the University of Law. What really sets the University of Law apart from other universities is its belief that its students should learn in a realistic, professional and contemporary context. They focus exclusively on practice-based training and give students access to their extensive career service and jobs vacancy database as soon as they accept a place. Through the University of Law's pro bono program, law students can hone their skills by working on real cases before they graduate. The University of Law offers a range of postgraduate legal training and master's degrees designed by qualified experts to help students advance at any stage of their career. Their courses are employment focused, honing key skills in a teaching environment based on real legal practice. Part-time and online study options are also available on many of their courses to help students work and study at the same time. The University of Law will help you reach your ambitions by delivering an outstanding academic and employment focused experience, honing key skills in a teaching environment based on real legal practice. As soon as you begin your studies with ULaw, you'll learn how to think and act like a lawyer. Whether your aspirations are in law or other fields, their courses will balance academic rigour and practical skills so your career starts from day one. To find out more about the courses they have on offer, just click the link in the description box of the podcast. To hear more of the Student Lawyers podcast, hit the subscribe button and leave us a star rating and review. If you would like to join the Student Lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com.